Welcome to the movie's Past and Present Podcast. It's February 3rd, 2023, and this is episode 96. I'm your host, Stanford Clark, and I'm podcasting from the crossroads of the West in beautiful Salt Lake City, Utah. Just like my blog, moviespastandpresent.com, I'll be providing recommendations, commentary, and reviews about current and classic cinema. Thanks for tuning in, and let's do this thing. New in theaters this weekend are two movies. They opened up today on Friday of February 3rd. First up is a horror thriller called Knock at the Cabin. This is written and directed by M. Night Shyamalan. And, you know, I don't envy M. Night at all because early on he just hit a home run with the thriller uh, The Sixth Sense. It came out, I believe it was like in 1999 or in 2000. And that movie was so good. And he had some other, a couple of other hits. And then a lot of not hits, you know, that just that didn't really work with either his formula or the timing or what, you know, whatever. But anyway, uh, he's quite prolific. He keeps, he keeps working. He's doing projects with Apple uh, TV Plus. And um, anyway, this latest movie, it's it's uh, uh, about a young girl and her parents who are vacationing at a remote cabin. So, of course, what could go wrong other than four armed strangers who demand that the family make an unthinkable choice to avert the apocalypse? With unlimited access to the outside world, of course, they're at a remote cabin. <laughs> the family must decide what they believe before all is lost. So this movie stars uh, Dave Bautista, uh, Jonathan Groff, Ben Aldridge, uh, Nikki Amuka Bird, uh, Abby Quinn, and Rupert Grint. It, uh, you know, seen the trailers. It looks like a, an M Night uh, Shyamalan movie. I'm sorry if I'm saying his name wrong, but uh, anyway, probably not my thing. But uh, horror, uh, this horror film, Knock at the Cabin, is rated R by the Motion Picture Association for Violence and Language. Next up is a comedy. Uh, it's called 80 for Brady. Uh, it's from Paramount Pictures. It's directed by Kyle Marvin. And uh, maybe perhaps you've seen a trailer commercial for this. The thing that really stands out in this film is the cast. It's got... Four uh, actresses that are all in their 70s or 80s. And uh, it's Lily Tomlin, Jane Fonda, Rita Moreno, and Sally Field. And they are football-loving friends. And they particularly love uh, Tom Brady, the quarterback Tom Brady. (laughs) And so uh, this film is inspired actually by a true story of four best friends uh, who take a wild trip to the 2017 Super Bowl, the Super Bowl 51, to see their hero Tom Brady play. 
uh, Tom Brady is in the film. He also is a producer on the film. Uh, again, the previews look promising. It looks like it could be funny. I hope it doesn't go or it doesn't turn into a, some sort of a dramedy or something. Uh, but anyway, it's great to see these these great actresses all working together. And and this is a funny premise. So hopefully, hopefully this is a good movie. It's rated PG-13 for brief, strong language, some drug content, and some suggestive references. So, again, new in theaters, uh, two diverse films. we got Knock at the Cabin, if uh, you're uh, wanting a horror thriller, or 80 for Brady, uh, the football comedy. Classic Cinema Corner, got a couple things. First up, the great film Groundhog Day. It's celebrating its 30th anniversary. It's on the big screen, uh, Sunday, February 5th. Sorry, it's not a lot. Not a lot of notice. It actually played in theaters last night on Groundhog Day. Uh, this is part of the uh, Fathom Events Classic Series, and. Uh, it's, it's such a, you know, it's such a hilarious film. Bill Murray, you know, plays this jaded weatherman who finds himself stuck in time, endlessly living February 2nd in Puxatawney, Pennsylvania, as he's covering, uh, this, uh, you know, if Puxatawney feels he's a shadow or not. Um, and Andy McDowell's in it. It's just, it's, it's, it's a wonderful romantic comedy and really just, just a terrific a terrific film. So, so happy 30th anniversary to Groundhog Day. And if you want a chance to see on the big film, or excuse me, on the big screen, uh, go to go to fathomevents.com and there'll be information. You can see the, uh, the theater listing, uh, hopefully find a theater near you where uh, it'll be playing. Uh, of course, it's also, you know, available um, on, you know, DVD, Blu-ray and uh, uh I don't know if it's necessarily playing on, on on a streaming service, but I think there'd be a way you could rent it somewhere if uh, if you wanted to see it. But uh, hopefully you'll you'll enjoy that. Now, one of the things with with this big screen classic series, in years past, it's been sponsored by Turner Classic Movies, and then in, in conjunction with Fathom Events, but it's been branded as a as a Turner Classic Movies or a TCM event. And then, uh, and then TCM has also provided. Typically, it's been uh, their primetime host Ben Mankiewicz who, who uh, provides some uh, color commentary. You know, at the beginning and the end of the film, uh, like he does on 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 the network. But uh, TCM is ba- is not sponsoring it this year, and which kind of, I don't know. I guess it gave me pause i was wondering what's you know what in the world is going on with 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 tcm tcm is part of uh, warner brothers and now part of the media conglomerate warner brothers discovery and warner brothers discovery has been in a huge um uh, cost cutting mode uh they run hbo max you just might have read a lot of 
a lot of publicity about what's been what's been going on, all of the cost cutting and films that they've been, um, you know, pulling or just you know anyway, all, all lots of kind of bad press around it. So of course I've wondered what's if there's anything going on with Turner Classic Movies that we should be worried about. Well, uh, as fate would have it, last week uh, Entertainment Weekly published uh, an exclusive story about Turner Classic Movies and and uh, the headline reads Turner Classic Movies hosts allay fears for network's future uh, all as well that they put in, in quotes. Uh, this feels like a really promising point in TCM's development and not a cause for alarm, says host Ben Mankiewicz. I'll put a link to this article in the podcast notes on my blog if you really want to get into it. But uh, you know, I think I'll just say one uh, one of the hosts. So that this, this this writer interviewed all of the all of the hosts on TCM. There are five of them, uh, including you know Ben Mankiewicz. Um, one of them is is Eddie Muller, who is uh, a film noir. He's like called the czar of film noir uh, here in the U.S. He's just a real expert on the subject, and he hosts a great. Uh, weekly program called Noir Alley on TCM where he screens, of course, film noir uh, movies. But uh, he says this, people feel helpless because stuff comes at them on social media and they assume the worst. But the changes that you're going to see are a natural progression. Uh, so, you know, and then, and then they interview all the, all the hosts and they're all saying the same thing, sort of, sort of deal that uh, uh, they feel like that they're in a good place and they're supported by Warner Brothers. In fact, the president of Warner Brothers uh, came out during their photo shoot and posed with them <laughs> for this article. So I think they're really trying to get the message that sure, maybe there's some changes at TCM. You know, again, they're not sponsoring this big screen classic series this year. And, um, you know, again, you hear all this stuff that's going on at Warner Brothers, et cetera. Um, but, uh, they just say all is well. This is from Alicia Malone, one of the hosts. All is well right now. Nothing's changed. We all feel very protective over the channel, and we know how precious it is and increasingly rare. So, not on our watch. Ben Mankiewicz had a great quote uh, in this in the conclusion of this article, saying this industry is changing, and there's not a cable channel in the world that isn't reevaluating how it does business. That's a truism that is inescapable. But that said, the sky is not falling, and there is a place for TCM. Discussions about how this channel is going to look going forward should be seen as welcome, not as, oh no, what's happening. We are planning for a changing future that includes TCM. That's how people ought to look at it. So there you have it. I will post a link to this article if you're interested in reading, the, reading all of it in the podcast notes on my blog. Just recently finished, uh, actually finished it in December, but uh, uh, my 22 movie watching project. 
And now I've got some plans for my 2023 movie watching project. So, so for 2022, uh, as you may recall, I uh, curated a list of a hundred films from the 20th Century Fox studio. Uh, 20th Century Fox was established in 1935, and uh, it was a it was a merger between Fox Studios and 20th Century <laughs> Studios. Uh, this, uh, the, the person who was kind of the, the, the individual in charge of production, uh, was Daryl Zanuck and, uh, Zanuck was, was, you know, a major influence on all output of the studio from its inception through, you know, kind of the, uh, 1960s, mid to late 1960s. Uh, and then some other folks who were involved, not- notably uh, Alan Ladd Jr., which I'll get to in just, in, in just a bit. But uh, I had a blast with that. I will put a list of the link uh, of the of the movies I watched in the podcast notes on my blog. Um, I, I use I use the Letterboxd app uh, to track these movies. If you are, are into tracking the movies you watch, that's really a great app to use. Uh, just you know, use it on my iPhone. Uh, they also have a web uh, version too. Links links will be in the podcast notes on my blog. Uh, but I, I decided just to pick 10, 10 movies just to briefly talk with you about from 20th Century Fox that I just found uh, particularly notable or just ones that I just really enjoyed a lot. So first up is a 1940s, actually it's from 1940, the year 1940. A musical that uh, is called Down Argentine Way. And one of the major stars at 20th Century Fox was uh, the blonde bombshell actress Betty Grable. So Betty Grable, I think, was one of the, the most popular stars of the era and particularly one of the most popular stars for the studio. And uh, anyway, this this musical... Is just easy breezy fun, and I just had a blast watching it. It stars Donna Michi as well. Uh, also, Carmen Miranda is in it. You might know her as the woman that has the big fruit basket um, hat <laughs> and the big platform shoes. Uh, Charlotte Greenwood is in it. Uh, who who's who's in a lot of these different you know these musicals uh, of the era, and anyway, this movie this movie is a it was a blast, and if you just want just a a silly and almost dare I say mindless <laughs> musical that's representative of the era, but I think just pure delight uh, down Argentine way from 1940 was so much fun. Uh, next movie that I picked was the classic film noir thriller Laura. And I had seen I had seen Laura before, but just loved rewatching it within this this context. It's it's such a terrific film. It's directed by Otto Preminger and it stars uh Gene Tierney as the title as the title character. Um Dana Andrews is a detective who's trying to figure out what's going on and 
uh, Clifton Webb and Vincent Price are also in it. But uh, the plot is when 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 we when we are brought in with with Dana uh, Dana Andrews, they're investigating uh, a murder. Laura supposedly has been murdered, but was she really? Uh, anyway, highly recommend watching Laura. It's a it's a great film noir. Just so stylish. These these you know these actors they're just they're just I mean they're movie stars you know. Gene Tierney is so lovely. Dana Andrews is such a good actor. Clifton Webb is just excellent in this role. So fun to see Vincent Price early on in his career too. So um, definitely want to check out Laura. So another really popular actor in in 20th Century Fox movies early on uh, is is a. Uh, the actor Tyrone Power. Now he he starred in a lot of movies for the studio. Uh, he was in a great Zorro movie. Um, there's a tricky movie called Blood and Sand. He was in the original version of Nightmare Alley. Uh, anyway, he, a huge, hugely popular actor. Of course, just generally, but also for 20th Century Fox, he made this really interesting. Uh, he was in this very interesting uh, movie called The Razor's Edge, which is a film adaptation of a book by the same title. And I just, I love this movie. It, uh, it's about an adventurous young man, who of course played by Tyron Power, who goes off to find himself. Um, he, he's engaged to a socialite who's played by Gene Tierney. Um, but he uh, he goes off on kind of the spiritual journey. He ends up going to India and just trying to f- find, uh, again, find himself and his purpose. When he returns, uh, you know, kind of all, all hell breaks loose, uh, particularly with the Gene Tierney character. Um, John Payne's in it and Baxter's in it. Clifton Webb is in it again. Uh, but it's, uh, again, I, I really enjoyed it. And I can see why Tyrone Power was so popular. He, I thought he was very good, good in this film, and he's just he was just a versatile, just a good, you know good actor. So uh, really enjoyed the Razor's Edge from 1946. Uh, my next pick is just you know an, really one of the all time best films from 20th Century Fox. Uh, it's all about Eve from 1950, directed by Joseph Mankiewicz who, if I'm not mistaken, is the uncle of Ben Mankiewicz, who is the host on TCM. Anyway, <laughs> that's <laughs> neither neither here, here nor there. But it is such a classic film about uh, just life in, in, in the theater. It's set, it's set in a theater scene in New York City. Uh, Betty Davis plays, a, play, plays an aging Broadway actress who... Uh, is getting stalked by uh, this this young girl named Eve, who seems just eager to learn, but but uh, but has other things in um, in mind. I just absolutely love this film; can't get enough of it. Betty Davis' performance is is stunning, but all everybody's good in this movie. Even Marilyn Monroe, uh, she has a she has a bit part. Uh, a bit part in it too, so uh, you know, highly recommend all about Eve. Speaking of Marilyn Monroe, 
uh, she made one of the great musicals from the studio too. Again, or just to say, just just a very popular film generally. Um, it's gentlemen prefer blondes. Uh, in fact, I'd probably say this is a this is a very iconic film. She, uh, Marilyn Monroe, stars with Jane Russell, and they are um, showgirls. They have a they have like a little cabaret set that they that they do, um, but they are uh, particularly the Marilyn Monroe character. She just wants a rich husband. Uh, the Jane Russell character is, is, is a little more sanguine about it, but, um, this film, it's based on a Broadway show. I think that it got heavily modified for film, but, uh, Marilyn Monroe's character, um, does that very famous, um, Diamonds Are a Girl's Best Friend musical number. You know, she's in that pink dress and all the dudes are in tuxedos. Uh, Madonna did a, a, an homage to that in one of her in one of her music videos back in the day. Um, I believe it was her Material Girl video. But anyway, oh, this movie is so funny and so much fun. Marilyn Monroe, I just thought was an just an absolutely excellent comedian. And Jane Russell's performance is just fearless. She's just such a take no prisoners type of person. And I'd watch Gentlemen for Blondes any 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 day of the week. So uh super fun. Um the uh next one uh I would choose is The Longest Day. And this is a war movie that came out in 1962. When I earlier mentioned about Daryl Zanuck, uh who was you know in charge of production at Fox, this was a very important film to him. And it's just, it's, it's a remarkable story. This is a retelling of, of, uh, the D day, uh, uh, the allied invasion that happened, you know, in, in, on June 6, 1944. And, um, it's, it's, it has got this all-star cast, but not, not many of these people are in the film for a particularly long amount of time. But it's just, it's so fantastic. Um, there's Eddie Albert, Paul Anka, John Wayne, Richard Burton, Red Buttons, Sean Connery. I mean, the list goes on. Fabian. The list just goes on and on about all the actors that are that uh, ha- have a role in this movie. But I think it's one of the finest World War II movies ever made and, and just, just really, just really excellent. Okay, few, uh, just a few more. We're at number seven. Um, for my number seven pick from the studio, um, I picked The Sound of Music from 1965. Uh, you know, this was just one of the m- most popular movies ever made. Uh, I it's just it's also I think one of the finest musicals ever made. The uh, the location shooting in Austria is stunning. Julie Andrews and Christopher Plummer are terrific. So is Eleanor Parker as the Baroness, and just such a ch- you know the charming. Uh, child actors they put in it and then the Rodgers and Hammerstein music that you just you just can't beat it's it's uh it's so optimistic it's so wonderful i just adore the sound of music uh, number 8 for me uh is is Butch Cassidy and the Sundance Kid which is from 1969 this was really you know kind of a 
deconstructionist western. Um, it's directed by George Roy Hill. Uh, I again, absolutely excellent. Starring Paul Newman as Butch Cassidy, Robert Redford as the Sundance Kid, Catherine Ross is in it, and uh, music is by Burt Bacharach, which actually plays a big a big part. But it talks about uh, you know Butch Cassidy uh, how they. They end off going, end up going to South America since they they just were getting relentlessly chased by law enforcement, and they hope that they can evade their pursuers once and for all there, and also change their lives. Um, but anyway, it I think you know if you've seen it, we you know how it ends. But still, this movie is just you know it, it's fantastic. Um, number nine is is the original Star Wars in nineteen seventy seven. This you know, I think George Lucas was having a hard time getting this movie sold to a studio, and Alan Ladd Jr., who was who was, you know, head at the time, believed in it, believed in George Lucas, and holy smokes, look what it, you know, look what it uh, started, and 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 Star Wars content still continues to be created today, but it was all it was all. Because of you know, just the success and the wonder of that 1977 film, which is which is which is so good. Again, the studio created just so many wonderful films and comedies and dramas, so it was kind of hard to pick. But the last one, last one, I'm just throwing on the list because it could there could have been many others, but this one was memorable and it was so much fun to rewatch. Was nine to five, uh, the comedy, the 1980 comedy, is directed by Colin Higgins. And it's about three, uh, three women work that work at a at a at a corporation, for a boss who's an absolute pig, and and uh, he takes advantage of them, and finally the three of them have it, and with a you know certain circumstances they they uh, imprison him, you know, in a house, and then continue to run the company. In fact, they not only run the company, they they. Uh, improve it dramatically and it's it's these they're so funny so it stars lily tomlin and jane fonda uh, who you know they they've been they've been buddies for a long time those two uh and then dolly parton is in it dolly parton memorably saying the title song uh for it too i think she wrote it um but anyway this movie is an absolute kick i think actually it's still quite applicable today even though you know, there's all these things trying to, you know, change and improve the workplace, but, but uh, uh, these these three are such a winning trio. And Dabney Coleman plays the horrible boss, and and it's great, great movie, great movie. So great movies from 20th Century Fox. I had a blast last year with this with this rewatch. 20th Century Fox was sold to the Walt Disney Company, so I used to say the movie studio portion of 20th century fox because you know fox is huge they own you know all these tv networks and all this other stuff but uh the movie studio was sold to the walt disney company and along with some of the television stuff uh but definitely television stuff as in like television show production of dramatic series and comedy series and stuff um nothing to do with with the fox network or or uh the fox news cable channel uh but and they sold it in nineteen, excuse me, in twenty nineteen. So, so that's 
so Fox still or say the the studio still operates. They call it 20th Century Studios now. They removed the Fox the Fox name from it, but it's still cranking out movies. And uh, again, Disney owns owns it and, and owns the library. Uh, some of these movies I, I was actually able to watch on Disney Plus. <laughs> like The Sound of Music, if I'm not mistaken, is is on you know is on Disney Plus. Uh, of course, Star Wars is. Uh, some of the older ones, you know, were trickier to find, but they also, they're often on Turner Classic Movies in the rotation there, or, um, I was able to, to, I was able to rent them, but I will put this list, if you're interested, of, of these 20th Century Fox movies, uh, on, that I, that I selected to watch, uh, on the podcast notes on my blog, it's, again, it's a letterbox list. Briefly, for 2023... So this year is the 100th anniversary of the Walt Disney Company. And uh, uh, Walt Disney started making, started his California-based movie studio in 1923. And so the Disney Company celebrating in a big way with this Disney 100 thing. You probably will, if you haven't seen it, you will. Uh, different, different things are using, you know, doing to celebrate uh, this happy milestone in their company. And so I've curated a list of, of a hundred Disney films that I love that, uh, I'm going to, I'm going to, uh, watch throughout the year. And they, they run the gamut from animated films to films from Disney's, uh, touchstone pictures brand that they used in the eighties and the nineties for more, uh, grown-up oriented <laughs> themed films uh but then also you know in these this la- these last uh few years Disney owns Marvel Studios and uh Lucasfilm makers of uh of Star Wars movies etc so I've added some of those in as well and of course Disney runs uh or owns Pixar Animation Studios uh, as well as their very successful Walt Disney Animation Studios uh the, you know that that's that's been running. It, it you know it's also technically celebrating its hundredth anniversary too. So uh, I will put a list uh, again, link to the list of the films that I'm watching. I'm just right in the, in the throes of it. Uh, this week I've watched um, Bambi, uh, the the wonderful animated feature, and uh, Saludos Amigos, which is another. Uh, animated feature, but one that I you know really enjoy. So anyway, I think this I think this is going to be fun. And please, if, you know, if you're interested, follow along or or let me know what what uh, which of these movies you like, or uh, if there's some that you think I should should, should include or not include uh, on the list. So so uh, thanks for listening to these movie watching project updates. Well, that does it for this episode of the Movies Past and Present Podcast. Again, links and more information about the movies discussed in today's podcast can be found in the podcast notes on my blog at moviespastandpresent.com. Subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and Stitcher. Links are also on the blog. And follow me on Instagram. My handle is at moviespap, as in past and present. As always, I hope you'll enjoy some good movies this week, whether they be from the past or the present. 
Thanks again for listening. Until next time, be safe out there and dedicate yourself to the truth.